Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fantasy Keeper League pod. As always, I'm your host, Khan Khatri. Joined with me is my co-host, the man of the hour, Mikael, who's your mama. Hello. On the right, we are joined by a special guest of the evening, the cryptic New York banker himself, Shane Hampton. <laughs> welcome. Howdy, guys. Thanks for having me on today. Our pleasure. Well, guys, it's that week again, the fourth one. Thank you for joining us on this journey. We're going to go through the agenda one more time and then get to all these sections. As usual, recap, figure out what happened, what didn't happen, what could have happened, what should have happened. We'll tend to talk about the league, see some of this news, see how that's impacting your guys' uh, you know, weekly waiver pickups, other decisions you're going to be making. Then we'll uh, end with a quick interview of Shane, talk a little bit about what's going to take place in uh, next week, see some of those matchups, and uh, call it a night. So, Hope, you want to lead us off with what happened last week? Yeah, sure do. Uh, but before I do, real quick, just want to say that um, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, please mention uh, if you like our current layout in the group chat. I will mention this again at the end probably. But um, we're, we've been sitting here kind of talking about like what the best way forward is. So we're open to all kinds of suggestions. So just let us know and we'll factor it in uh, to next week and beyond. So uh, going to week three, uh, or rather the week three recap, uh, overall I would say that it was better than week two all around. We had some high-scoring teams um, at a higher frequency than last week, which was kind of uh, a pathetic week. Uh, Still some low scores, though. A couple (coughs) of people, I think, didn't crack 100 yet, which you hate to see it. but yeah, I think the, the uptake in points is due to fantasy owners and NFL teams also starting to figure out who their guys are and how to use them um, to get a clear picture overall. Um, so for our league, we had three fun matchups and three kind of meh ones. Uh, so we'll, we'll lead off with the fun ones, but we'll still, uh, we'll still talk about your matchup, even though it was kind of uneventful. Um, so starting off the top, we have John versus Jimmy. That's John Edelman. Um, God damn. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, was that a new record? For... It's, it was the most points scored. Russell Wilson had 54 points? What the <laughs> yeah. fuck? Yeah. It was the most points scored in 12-team league history. Okay. Um, back when we had 10 points, he had 1.04 points more than he had uh, this time around. So it was the second most points in league Austin history. Hooper had 20 what? Yeah, I mean, it's like you go down the list, it's like he couldn't go wrong. Um, Mike Evans. 40. <laughs> so, so Mike Evans and Russell Wilson alone put up 103 points, right? Which would be two teams. Yo, Mike, Mike Evans, already. 22 points a game, wide receiver one. He's averaging it. Let's go. Yeah. I love it when a guy comes out, catches three touchdowns in the first half. Um, so the most interesting part when I was looking up the stats on this was that Jim's a little uh, bitch. <laughs> well, Jimmy, um, so, okay, let me rewind. This was the second highest scoring matchup with both teams in league history also. Um, the first one was by a score of 233.58 to 185.38, and the two people involved were John and Jimmy again, and John beat Jimmy again, back all the way back in, like, 2013. So time is a flat circle in which Jimmy 
gets his ass kicked by John. Is this like the biggest rivalry in our in our league? Can we say that at this point? Yeah, um, all time standings. I think they're really it's either that or 60%. between Mishi and being like a successful fantasy owner. Um, <laughs> outside of those two, John, you and going better than five. <laughs> John and Jimmy also just argue in general, like yeah, outside of the league. Yeah, it's like um, yeah. Has there been a topic they've actually agreed on? There's always this underlying tension history. about who's the commissioner because like John was the commissioner before, and now Jimmy's the commissioner. Yeah. Are we like talking like a little West Wing politics being played back there? I don't know. There's a lot of yeah. Power, I don't know why Jimmy <laughs> shadow commissioning. I don't back. know why John gave up the commissioner position when it sounds like he really wants it back. I don't know if it's just me. But what's um, that character in media? It's like, oh, I want all of these things that are good about it, but just none of the things that are yeah. not good about it. <laughs> okay. Um. Just some notes about this matchup. Uh, this was actually. Even though we're leading off, it was actually the biggest blowout of the week. Um, imagine putting up like what 180 <laughs> something points and losing by 57. That's got to suck. Uh, but basically, after the four o'clock games, it was all John, and um, the only thing looking out for was was he going to beat the record, which he came just short of. Um, I just got to say props to John. Uh, he came on last week, and he was right about. Um, Cooper and Evans blowing up. They were in prime positions to do so. So good call by him. And um, I, I mean, he was also right about Jimmy having the running back edge. Um, so got to give credit there too. And, you know, I mean, I think his point was, even though both teams had superstars, he, his guys were in a better position to blow up, which is exactly what happened. So again, uh, props to him and props to me as well, because I said that this was the week Mark Andrews is going to come back down to earth. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I still think he's going to be pretty good tight end, though. I don't actually listen to the pod after I make it, so I don't have any takes that I can be wrong about um, as far as anyone is concerned. That's always good. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, we're going to go to what I think should be the actual game of the week, if not for the the high scoring one we just talked about, Um, Mishi versus Kant. Um, I think it's the game of the week because of the back and forth that was happening. Um, it, it seems like it went on for a while, right? Like, I wish Yahoo actually kept the scoring log after the game is over, because I went back to check, but they it just, it wasn't there. But it it seemed like it was literally just, like, back and forth. Like, I remember um, Greg Olson caught a touchdown. Like, literally the very next play they showed on Red Zone was Juju, like, taking yeah. an 80-yard touchdown in. And then it was, like, right back right. to Misha's it had me, scoring. It had me up to, like, 84%, like, win probability. And then it just was like a just started like chipping like when that back and forth started happening, it was like he, the more points you get, the smaller the gap is you're increasing as like a percentage. And mm-hmm. it was like even though it was going back and forth, back and forth, that ultimately hurt me because I was in the lead. So the guy's like already gaining on me while I'm not like getting as much for myself. Yeah. And then yeah, he just overtook me with like that Deshaun Watson game. Yeah. Well, I mean, for you, you would have beat eight other teams, so a bit of bad luck there. Um, it's just, I guess it happens. It's fantasy football. You think you have a bad, you can talk to Jimmy. Um, for Mishi though, um, it was a pretty promising win. I think he picked up, um, scary Terry and Greg Olson started them both. Um, I feel like great starts. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're going to be solid uh, as the season goes along. Um, Terry's going to be most definitely a keeper 
Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like everything Washington always turns to shit. But yeah, because they're gonna be in, uh, Case Keenum's like hurt, so now they're gonna put Haskins. Yeah, in. He's, he's gonna, gonna have an affinity for like Chris Thompson or something. His cleat's gonna get stuck in the turf, and his foot's just gonna turn 360 degrees completely. Remember that famous and, Washington Redskins wide receiver said no one ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, he he still has some people that have to improve, like Chris Cooley. That's all I got. No, nah, come on. I mean, Chris San, Santana good, Moss was so dope. He was cool. Um, I used to really like him, um, even though I hate, always, you know, hate the Redskins. Um, anyway, Diggs and Michelle, if they improve, then I don't see why this isn't a team that makes the playoffs and contends, but that's also a pretty big if. Yeah, I just don't see... I think, like, for entrenched offensive players who aren't, like, super-duper stars to start off slow with three-sixteenths of the game played, I think that's more indicative of what's about to happen than... Like, if Julio Jones starts, like... Three games below ten points. I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs doesn't like. <clears throat> well, he 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 uh, reportedly wants a trade, so maybe you can end up in a better situation. Because yeah, they're throwing at like fifteen times a game tops. They meant that. I thought they were fucking up because I honestly was like, I don't think running more is good when you have Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs on your team. Yeah. And then they were like, no, Dalvin Cook is going to be like the MVP this year. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going to happen. It's like, okay. That, that. It, it's really their offensive line, though. Like, it started last year. They have all these random young guys that just plugged in, and it's somehow, like, they gelled together. Really? Like, one of the best units now mm. in Minnesota. Yeah, they're... So um, that means, like, PFF has them ranked, like, 32nd? Because they have, like... Probably. They, were, they have they the Eagles, bad, like, number yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I avoided Cook was... They were at around, like, 27 or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no one, yeah, no one took that shit that they were saying like we're gonna run the ball more seriously. Than no, I took it seriously. I just didn't take the the results would be serious, <laughs> and they absolutely were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Final note. Um, shout out to Darren Waller. Uh, very good pickup. Thirteen catches, one hundred thirty-four yards, and an otherwise shitty, uh, boring, meandering Oakland offense. That's like a huge pickup because tight end is. So, so fucking right. hard. Yeah, I mean, tight end drafting is like you give up a premium just for that peace of mind. Like I have yeah. Zach Ertz with a high floor, knowing that like there's a good chance six other tight ends are going to finish better than him. But he, even year. even Zach Ertz though, he can have games when he scores like eight points. Yeah, it's just a mental hassle to even have to think about that. Like yeah. the entire was like. There's not like a linear drafting strategy with tight ends. It's not like, oh, first round, second round, third round. It's like, oh, if I don't get my guy by the third round, it's like, do I consider like 12th round, like 10th round? Yeah. It's just dumb. It adds more like variance to it. Honestly, fantasy football should just be running backs and receivers. Yeah, so it's <laughs> like quarterbacks are dumb, kickers, pointless, tight ends. No but more. like I will, I will say, speaking of coaches who said they would do something and followed up on it, uh, John Gruden did say like, uh, Jacobs is going to get the ball a ton. He's going to win Rookie of the Year, and we're going to give the ball to Darren Waller as much as possible. And he's right on both accounts, at least in terms of the first three weeks. Yeah. Um, good point. Oh, I also just want to give a quick shout-out to my bench. My other players contributed. They just weren't with me, so I'm hoping that we can uh, bring the band back together <laughs> in uh, better shape next week, guys. Let's get it. Darius, you just warm up on that bench uh, as you recover from your injury. Guys? Yeah. Oh my god, he's not gonna do anything. Yeah, might be a keeper. I don't know. We'll see. Um, John Paulino versus Shane. Uh, this was the closest game in terms of final score. Um, Damn Shane. <laughs> Shane, I didn't. I didn't really pay too much attention to this. 
as it was happening, I apologize. Uh, was it like back and forth too, like uh, Kant's was, or was it kind of? Yeah, it, it was. It was pretty back and forth. Um, I I jumped out to a lead early on, um, and there was really like the Cooper Cup explosion yeah. that that really killed me. Yeah. So technically, it came down to Monday Night Football, right? And you um, you needed nine point three points. Uh, in PPR from Trey Burn. Yes. Which I feel like is a reasonable ask. Uh, I feel like it's not no, too much. As a former Trey Burn owner last year, that is not a reasonable <laughs> ask. Yeah, but point being, he only got six, um, so that was too bad. Um, for John Paulino, clutch performances from Lindsay, which uh, I was pretty surprised by considering I, I kind of touted the Packers defense, um, the run defense especially more than what they showed last year. What, what do you guys think was the running, the carry split in Denver before this game uh, between him and Freeman? It was it was close, right? 60-40? Like it was 50-50. Really? 50, yeah, 50, it's literally a timeshare. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, if you... if you um, Not even looking at the players, if you were to tell me, like, one guy's undrafted, but he performed really well. Yeah. The other guy's a second-round pick who did, like, okay. I would, in my head, kind of picture a 50-50 split, yeah. you know? Because they're not going to let... They're not going to let... Yeah, it's like a second-round really pick high to sit pick. around. Or, yeah. Um, like, they're paying him a lot of money. Yeah. Really... I mean, both are startable, right? Freeman, I feel like... Ilya had him, and he did okay. Yeah, it's goes with the Broncos, though. It's That's like the only a, issue. Borderline, like, flex. Flex yeah. play. Royce Freeman, um, mm-hmm. but this this loss was devastating for <laughs> for like a number a number of different reasons. Um, the main one being that this is kind of like my season at this point. Because the next two weeks, um, I'm up against John and then Jimmy. Oh no! <laughs> both, I did not see that. Both of their teams at full strength. Yeah. Um, and I'm without no uh, no bye week luck. No happening. no bye weeks. Jimmy has a he's. Going to be missing Galladay in week five, but that doesn't really matter for him. Yeah. He has T.Y. Hilton anyway. Um, oh, injured, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so yeah, I got to play John right. next week without Le'Veon Bell also. Jesus. So I'm going to be missing my top three draft picks in Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Melvin Gordon. My condolences, man. <laughs> uh, but also, the, the, the real reason it's devastating is because um, I dropped the Bills defense for the Chargers at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew the Bills were going to outscore the Chargers. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, Like, I knew that for a fact. That I was betting that the game wouldn't come down to that. Uh, I picked up the Chargers because uh, they have Miami, Denver, and Pittsburgh in the next three weeks. So I was banking that I was either going to, like, lose the game outright or just win despite that point spread, and it didn't didn't work out. Did they put up, like, 11 points? What well, was... The, the, Bills, the Bills put up 14, yeah. 14 compared to 5, <laughs> oh, so it's yeah. a high points for it. Oh, I thought it was damn. Yeah, man. The same thing happened in week 1, too. I uh, I dropped the Jets defense like right the, before week 1. I picked up the Broncos. You're like the Philadelphia It was like Eagles. a 20-point spread, and I lost by 20 points. I feel like that's one of those things like ignorance is a bliss because I wouldn't even think of just looking like, into it yeah. that bad and realizing how fucked up I... That's, that's a me move, just like tinkering with your lineup too much. Yeah, I like out, outsmart myself yeah. all the time and always backfire. Yeah, like the Eagles of the uh, Fantasy Football League, basically. Yeah. Like a couple bad moves away from 3 now. Uh, so yeah, so I'm probably going to 1-4 here. So. Nice. It's kind of done. Let me know if you want to talk about Melvin Gordon trade. Yeah, I love can, me some Melvi. We can talk about that off there. Yeah. Um... 
Well, you did well enough to beat six other teams. I don't know if that's any consolation. I mean, I, I was um, I was impressed with my team. I was satisfied with the performance overall. Yeah, well, it just wasn't enough. Uh, yeah, and on a final note, Damn, they got John thirty piecing you. Oof. His projections <laughs> yeah. are fucking savage. I think, like side note, I think it's the highest projection that anyone has ever had. Oh, the buck forty-seven. I know we don't have that data available, yeah. but I would bet money on that. Yeah, even Jim is like one thirty. Damn. Uh, including 10-team league shenanigans? I don't know. Uh, I think so. 153? Yeah. That's like, that's insane. There's a, there's only how many spots? 10? All right, that's enough about John. Yeah. Fuck John. Well, there's only nine. Uh, John Polino's a third of the way to a free meal, so. <laughs> what was the thing? John. <laughs> I think oh, he has the... He wins more than two games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. Like, no, we need to write that shit down. Like, there's no way someone finishes. Wait, have I told you guys about my Cam Newton bet? Yeah. Have I told you about no, that? No, I didn't hear that. So, I bet... No, I think I posted in the league, sorry. So, if this is repetitive, fuck you guys. Uh, but our friend Ricardo bet him $50 that Mitch Trubisky has more fantasy points in this season than Cam. You didn't have an injury opt-out? Nope. Clause? I was like, just aggregate? He's like, yep. I'm like, all right, <laughs> Let's go. All right, let's we got All right, let's get this train back on its tracks. Yeah, this is so fucking loose. Um, me versus Ilya. Uh, we're just moving on to like uh, the meh games, sort of by closest score. So me versus Ilya. Basically, I hit very close to my projection, but Ilya's team bombed, so I didn't really have to like worry too much. Uh, the Saquon injury hurt him moving forward for sure, but in terms of this matchup, I think he would still lose a close one to me. If he finishes that game healthy, um, but if Saquon didn't get injured and Ilya started Brandon Cooks instead of Godwin, he would have won. Um, so that's basically all I have. Um, too bad, Ilya. Sorry about Barkley. I don't think you got Goldman either, which no. is a double whammy. Um, <laughs> well, we can talk about your runback situation later, but I can pretty much assume that it's shit now. Um, <laughs> Uh, is it, I think Royce Freeman is his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, 50-50 split, Royce Freeman. Let's go. Uh, anyway, I saw before the game that Daryl Williams was like, there's a tweet that was like, Daryl Williams is first in line for the pregame handoff line um, ahead of Darwin Thompson, who I started, assuming like he got most of the touches. But like, I didn't. I was like the opposite of you. I was like trying not to outsmart myself and stuck with Thompson. So, <laughs> but like, thankfully, he didn't come back to bite me. So that's all I'm going to say. Um, Ant versus Steve Foltz. There's really not too much to say here because it was a lowest scoring matchup. Um, But it does lead me to my next point, which is that Ant is the flukiest 3-0 team I might have ever seen in my fantasy football career. Or I don't know, actually. But fluky as shit. um, I think he has the least point scored against him by far. Um, Yeah, he beat me by like... Four points <laughs> week one. Yeah, 292. <laughs> I don't think anyone else is below 200. 292. John scored like 292. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, he's. I think he's built enough of a lead in terms of wins to make the playoffs. But um, I, I just I don't like flukes, man. It pisses me off that someone could get so lucky. Pissing me off, man. Um, and then for Fultz, it was a lifeless performance from his team. Which is just not good. Um, what, what team? <laughs> like I, I said at the draft, like I don't know, 
I don't understand his decision making really. <laughs> I don't understand why he he picked up he spent thirty dollars or something on Dak Prescott, but last two weeks he started Baker Mayfield over him, even though in the first two weeks, um, Prescott has outscored Mayfield eighty three to twenty nine. Like that makes no sense. I don't like I don't understand this at all. But um, yeah. Uh, other than that, shout out to Tyler Lockett. Um, yeah, why does he believe in Baker Mayfield? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Dak Prescott is like 190 well, passer rating. What's his name right now is still like referencing Blake Bortles, right? So I think he, he likes to attach himself to like young quarterbacks who can like throw for a bunch but are like kind of reckless and uh, loose with it. Stoolies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably it's that like, dog. Fucking who's next? Daniel Jones? I don't even know. Well, um, probably like Minshew. He's not picked up yet. Oh, yeah. I, would, I would. I would probably. I would see like Steve Folds like carrying three quarterbacks and one of them being Minshew. I can um, see that. Uh, shout out to Lockett. I think he's going from perfect flex to just like wide receiver one at this point. It's just like a recurring joke. Like you shout out Tyler Lockett every week. I love Tyler Lockett. Dude. He's like <laughs> one of my favorite players. I do have some recur. I'm trying to work some in. Can't wait to talk about Jared Cook. Um, Jefferson Bryant, just to cap it off. Jeff didn't have to do much, considering Bryant scored 98 points. Then my home show kept rolling. Um, Ty Gurley actually sucks. Evan Ingram is fast. Um, I think Bryant just saw that his team was meh and then proceeded to do the, the two trades that we're going to talk about later. Um, yeah, when I was, like, trying to find his team and I saw a new team who dissed, I was like, oh, this is uh, a <laughs> fucking... Uh, I looked at the players. I was like, oh, this isn't Brian because, like, Brian has these players. Then I had to be like, oh, fuck, no, it is Brian. So that's a very apt team name. So um, do you want to take a break here or do you want to talk about the trades uh, real quick? No, nah, we can take a break. We'll just cut that part and edit. Sure. All right. Welcome back, guys. It's Kant. Joined with me, Hove. Still here. And Shane, still here, still cooking. Excellent, because we are in my kitchen right now, in my living room. So we're literally in that uh, physical place. <laughs> so before we kind of get into some of the news and notes uh, from around the league, the national football one, that is, uh, let's talk about some of these trades that went down in our league. Uh, yeah, um, let me pull these up. I mean, it's, it's you can't talk about... You have about... to like pull them up to remember even what happened? Yes. Got it. Um, well, you, can't, you, you have to talk about them together, because I think... You know, Brian's evolved in both of them, and you kind of see his uh, strategy with what he's trying to do. He's basically tanking. Um, is that what that strategy is called? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you really tank in fantasy Last football. guy who tanked in Philly got ran out of town with his tail hung between his legs, Brian, just so you know. Yeah, I don't know if you really tank in fantasy football, especially like starting in week four, but um, sure is looking that way. Um, so real quick, um, uh, who traded who? Okay, so uh, T.J. Hawkerson was an tra- eighth round pick was traded to Jimmy by Brian, and in return he got Michael Hardman and the fourteenth round pick, uh, presumably where he will keep Michael Hardman next season. Um, so that's a move looking ahead, and then um, he followed that up by trading away Travis Kelsey, a thirteenth round pick and a fourteenth round pick for Terrell Williams. I guess another keeper, right? Um, when did he get drafted? Yeah, I think like the 
the 12th or, or the 10th, something like that. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Really? He might not even be a keeper, actually. I don't know if they're going to keep him there as their best receiver next Wait, season. Let's, let's verify. But um, some nice draft picks. I'm trying to pull this shit up, but I can't fucking do it. Oh, eight. Round eight. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, not Ooh. a keeper. No. So just the picks, basically, and a, a startable receiver in the meantime. Um, so I... I thought it was interesting that he traded away both of his tight ends. I thought he would have a better plan for a tight end going forward than um, Dawson Knox, whoever that is. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the interesting th- thing about uh, Dawson Knox are like, if no, he, they had a detective like duo, but in like Great Britain, yeah. they would be called Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. But otherwise, I don't know who the fuck those people are. Uh, let's see. Well, the thing about trading with John, who I think is going to be like top three this year, no matter what, trading a third round pick, um, getting a third round pick from him means that it's a late third round pick, right? Which kind of minimizes that value. And since it's so early on, it's kind of like I mean, that's why you just third in his fifth and a not very, his fourth in a second. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a very significant difference. I feel like. I don't know. I mean, that it seems like it's not giving away Travis Kelsey for free, but it's you could have gotten this kind of deal from a lot of other players and to give Travis Kelsey to like the number one team in the league just to like shore up any possible hole that he has is a it's kind of a bad look, Brian. Yeah, think about the rest like, of us. I man. feel like it's a little dubious because third and fifth round picks are extremely non not valuable in a keeper league. Yep. Um, you're drafting like fringe starters at that point, um, or crazy flyers that almost never pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, personally, like I wouldn't have made that deal, but it, it is always good. He could potentially flip those picks, package them up with with some other picks yeah. um, to like possibly move up in the draft as well. So um, I know you had some thoughts about Michael Hardman, who is the basically the the most the interesting thing jewel. getting back. Like, yeah. yeah. Coming back to Brian, um, tell me what you think about Hardman and that Kansas City offense in general. Yeah, so Brian and I discussed this like uh, for a little bit um, before this deal went down. Um, and what, what I told him, I, I believe I was hyping up McCall Hardman, obviously. But what I said uh, is what I believe is the truth is that he's better than Demarcus Robinson, like for sure. Yeah, I have no doubts about that. Um, he's also a second round pick so they've invested in him Um, he's going to be a piece of their offense Um, I I just I don't like the variance um, in him being the deep threat in the Kansas City offense the up and down that you're going to get there Yeah. so he um, he has a different he fills a different role than Robinson right because he's he's a he's a Tyree kill Tyree kill so. And then Robinson keeps his job. Even I was gonna say, do you think he's gonna Hardman's the better like legacy long term thing, but potentially for this season he might not be just based on Tyree Kill's absence. I think Hardman um, has more scoring potential than Demarcus Robinson, uh, both this year and next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think next year they're gonna cut Sammy Watkins just based on the dead cap, um, and Demarcus Robinson is gonna start for them. Along Tyree Kill, but I don't. It's he's going to go back to the old Sammy Watkins role. He gets like six catches for seventy yards. Yeah, I mean, that's a little not bad. Wait, where's Hardman and all that? But um, Hardman's going to be like, yeah, the gadget guy, like the old Tyree Kill, do scoring you, like eighty-five yard touchdowns. Do you think there's a possibility they replace this Tyree Kill? Because I saw 
uh, report that the the Chiefs might trade Hill, who they just gave a bunch of money to, to the Jaguars for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, so I... Damn, that'd be a crazy trade. Yeah. I mean, that's the crazy thing is like... Well, you need to get that in like a fucking <laughs> Like the first something. three weeks have shown that like they really don't need Tyreek Hill. You know, they could like throw it up to Hardman with the same results. Like, I mean, as much as it pains me to say it, like... What uh, Mahomes is on pace for like six thousand yards right now, like all without Tyreek Hill, and he's—I mean—he played like some pretty good defenses. So I mean, like Tyreek Hill is like a one-of-a-kind talent, but you don't necessarily need him. Like uh, with all the money devoted to him, I just don't um, think Andy Reid is that kind of a coach. I think he's one of those guys that's just like, oh, this is like my guy. I gotta keep him. I feel like he's like very like loyal in that sense, even yeah. though Tyreek Hill is a scumbag. Yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> like, I'm assuming like Nico Harmon doesn't have any like off the field no. issues, but yeah, Andy Reid's like son like took a gun out and tried to do something, right? Andy Reid's seen everything. He's like, yo, to show up to work on time and fucking get the job done. I don't give a fuck. His son died of a drug overdose. That's what happened. Actually, both of his sons died from that's drug what overdoses. Happened. He doesn't give a fuck about this, this is, woman beating shit. Apparently, this is a this is also the organization where. Uh, the the guy killed oh, his yeah. his wife and came to the, he like came to the facility and like yeah, shot himself literally shot himself in front of Andy Reid so I think he's just numb at this point yeah he's just, just like a pure X's and O's yeah <laughs> yeah anyway um, I think that's all I got for this trade um, yes I mean ju- just to touch on Hawkinson for a second yeah like uh, I've had my eye on him for a long time um, it was a huge mistake like me not picking him up yeah I chose to pick up Noah Fant ahead of week one which was a huge mistake <laughs> but even uh, even after the two duds that he's had yeah he's had so two catches for eight yards in so the just to weeks. clarify like this is totally a 2020 play for me mm-hmm. um so i got the eighth round pick so i can uh keep that since i'm going to be spending one of those on to keep marlon mack next year um and i, I think hawkinson is going to explode i think he's going to be a top five tight end next year mm-hmm. game like darren waller yeah, yeah, well, they take tight ends take some time, right? To like kind of fully flesh out more so than receivers, even. Yeah, in my other league, I like picked up this Chris Herndon guy because like Noon was injured like a week before he's like coming back. Yeah, I think it's like you gotta do dumb shit like that for tight end. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I like uh, I like this like uh, careful triangulation of like talking about trades, um, trying not to like give your hand away too much because like you're also trying to trade. Um, no one try, trying not Chris to be Herndon. bitter because uh, <laughs> I was uh, tr- trying not to be bitter because yeah. I was kind of also talking to Brian about like a potential trade, but you know whatever hindsight twenty twenty. No, you got to put it all out there. I'm a firm believer in everyone has access to the same information. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm like keep the trades coming. It's fun to talk about, and I'm, I promise I'm gonna be as honest as possible yeah. about them. Um, I'm not crossing my fingers or anything. All right, let's talk about what's happening in the NFL. A lot. Um, a lot of new faces, um, a lot of new coaches, a lot of people being very unhappy with what they're uh, being placed in. And then, yeah, another guy who's also in the same exact situation. <laughs> so starting off, we've had how many new quarterbacks starting last week? I think six. So it was six quarterbacks who are taking snaps, like, you know, starting the game the first time this season. So that's uh, Mason Rudolph, that's Kyle Allen. That's Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew, not Gardner Minshew, 
and Teddy Bridgewater. I think I'd have mentioned there just based on the fact he's like a new quarterback for so the season. So four, which is not yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. I think I meant just maybe even like for the season, they're kind of like taking over. Okay. Um, and it's been very interesting because it's been very like... Well, for this week is still pretty significant. Yeah. I feel like it all happens. And I think the trend time. is like, I'll just go high level and all and then we can like talk about them. But like Rudolph had a okay start. Like it was saved basically by like two like really long plays because besides that he'd like pass for like 50 something yards but literally the Pittsburgh offense like didn't look like it was shit which I think is like an improvement of like significant proportions um Kyle Allen came through and just like fucking threw like four touchdowns like breaking like all these like Panthers QB efficiency records and shit Daniel Jones in a similar vein took over the starting job the hapless New York Giants led them to a win so they've not been able to do with their two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, Eli Manning. Gardner Minshew's just slinging it down there in fucking Jacksonville, like, with this, apparently just stretching with, like, a jock strap on in the middle of the locker room. <laughs> not giving a fuck. So I really appreciate that. And, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater did what he always does. He came through and he won. Yeah. Someone said that uh, Gardner Minshew has, like, the, uh, the, uh, like, the proper swagger that people think Baker Mayfield has. Yeah. yeah, like May- Mayfield's just like a fraud. Like Mayfield's douche. like a gentrified like <laughs> yeah, version. Like, yeah, he's outlaw. like the real Appalachian. Yeah. like versus like the guy. Minshew pulled up first day of high school with like that's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah, Some shit like that. I yeah, like, like Baker Mayfield's from like upper middle class suburb and pretends he like. He, it's, he's been, like, it's like the kids. white. It's like the yeah. white version that they have with like in movies like black people where like the kids like from like the rich suburbs and yeah. he tries to be like actually hood and there's like. Hey man, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, Except any, it's this shit. Anyway, um, uh, well, I mean, what what do you want to? I don't know. What do you guys just thought? Like, I'll, I'll say something. Uh, I, I think Kyle Allen looks like the best quarterback in this group. Might, it might be an unpopular opinion, yeah, including including Daniel. Was he the second round pick? I don't know. I I uh, didn't know that he was a person before this week. I might not be the so best person to talk about him. Let's see. Well, what I can fill the air with while everyone is researching is that we already had 40 starting quarterbacks. Oh, he's undrafted. <laughs> the Kyle Allen? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who is it? Oh, no, it's the Rud- uh, Rudolph is uh, he's second, 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 second round, round, round pick, pick, right? Okay, I'm thinking of him. Fuck. Uh, yeah, I think Kyle Allen looks like the best quarterback here. Uh, obviously, this is a one-game sample size. So we yeah, can't I can't really wait to bring this back up again in the future. <laughs> Don't you say that? But, uh, I mean, obviously, Daniel Jones would be the popular pick. But um, not that Daniel Jones looked bad. I, I thought Kyle Allen was – he looked like a 10-year veteran. It was, he was so poised the entire game. I mean, back to Daniel Jones, though, it was amazing to, like, watch a Giants game and just see the quarterback just, like, run – for a touchdown, yeah. you know, just he's like the guy I also heard the beat, same thing about beat a linebacker to the edge. Um, it was like more like what that's more points than he scored in like fucking his entire college career, or some shit in any game. Yeah, um, running in two touchdowns as well as like making the Giants exciting without Saquon Barkley is, I think, like a significant task within of its in and of itself. So I just give him like a lot of props for being able to come through and just like deliver that performance. So I think it's um. It's an issue where, like, they don't have tape yet, right? Like, um, I feel like you could have said the same thing about Nick Mullins last year. came out, yeah. Um, He was like, oh, this guy might, like, be the next great quarterback based on, like, a couple good performances to start off and kind of let us off. It was like Carson Wentz early on was also, like, not getting The first three weeks in the rookie year. Yeah, Yeah, 100%, especially for quarterbacks. Like, 
you have to play two full seasons at high level to be a good quarterback. Yeah. Or uh, fuck um, that. I Kyle actually, Allen, next I guess, starting Panthers quarterback for a decade. Um, I mean, at least they're, Cam's going to have a lot more time to heal. So it's definitely better for the Panthers' long-term outlook either way. Um, the other thing I was going to add like, to your point about like why do you think they're better because of the um, actual game script that's not available – I think a lot of it just has to do with NFL offenses now. Mm-hmm. Um, playbooks are much more simplified, and it's more about execution than just like knowing a lot of things to do. And even like small things, like I didn't realize like how accurate, or I don't know about accurate, but like how close to the real thing Madden tries to be. Like if you look at like the playbooks for like the Cardinals and some of these teams, there's just like significantly less plays than like a lot of other teams. Then you're like reading about like oh like what is is this like actually true? And they're just like yeah. Our whole purpose is like, okay, these are like the set plays. Like you have to know like what to do in Audible in every single like situation that comes up with this play. But then you don't need to learn like 50 other plays. Yeah. Um, and it really is like offenses being able to tell a quarterback like Jared Goff, like come into the game. Um, I'm going to read the defense for you. And for the first 16 seconds, I can talk to you. So I'll be like, okay, this gap is going to be open. Or like this receiver on the out route is going to yeah, like yeah. have. I think <clears throat> coaches are able to put or game planners are able to put their quarterbacks in those positions just based on, like, defenses, like, laxing up and, like, offenses being able to explode. So I think that plays into it as, uh, as well. Because I don't think this happened as frequently back in the day where, like, five quarterbacks start and, and like, four of them are just, like... It's so. pretty it's pretty cool for fantasy football purposes because it just, like, doesn't derail a team um, when they have a backup come in and try to run the offense. Like, yeah. you can still start um, fucking, I don't know. Actually, don't know who the Giants receivers are, but you can start like Evan Ingram still. Sterling Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like uh, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. You don't have to worry about them dropping off so much. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I got for that part. Um, let's talk about what I think is more important, which is Melvin Gordon coming back. Not this week, but hopefully next week. I know. I'm so excited, uh, even though I don't have him in our league. Who who has him? Shane has him. <laughs> nice. It's, it's finally coming up, Shane. <laughs> Just in time for your one in four week tick that's coming up. Yeah, this is, um, I think this is, if the Chargers were like 3-0, and I would be more like, okay, it's going to be like a timeshare, blah, blah, blah. But they're 1-2, and two, and they're pretty desperate. I think they, they have to play for a wild card, basically, because the Chiefs have that division more or less wrapped up. Like, I feel like that's that's their mindset. So um, they're going to try to put their best players in uh, as soon as possible. So I think that's, for a fancy football, football standpoint, uh, good news for Melvin Gordon owners, such as yourself. Yeah, I mean, obviously Eckler's still going to be involved in the game. Uh, but I, I think we Yeah, what do you think is going to happen to his role? Well, well like we, we last year to, he was startable, right? Yeah, yeah he, he was decent He's going to be year. like a receiving But back Gordon back. also spent enough time last year injured for that to happen. No, but when they were both starting, he was a receiving back. They throw a lot of screens to make up for, like, um, Phillip Rivers not yeah, able to move around at all. Yeah. Yeah, like, and they have a bad offensive line this year, so they're going to be in passing situations for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even this year, he's, he's averaging, like, 12 carries a game. He's doing all of his damage oh, yeah. through the air. He, even in like basically a full-time role. I mean, I was pretty happy drafting Melvin Gordon in one of my other leagues, but then I'm less high on him after seeing how the Chargers' offense is unfolded. Yeah. Because I was hoping he would be coming back into a much – like, I was just thinking, like, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen this year, just, like, blowing up, like, Chargers, like, icing a lot of games late. Yeah. Um, but there's, like, the Cowboys are a team doing that, for example, not the Chargers. Yeah. It's also – it's interesting to think about – 
uh, like I said earlier about Tyreek Hill, like, oh, the Chiefs don't really need him. Or like, oh, the Chargers don't really need Melvin Gordon. Like, their offense functions fine without him. But, like, I guess the difference, like, watching the Eagles, right? Like, we're, we're two drop passes away from being 3-0, and out, right? Yeah. So, it's just, like, you only get, you literally get, like, 55 offensive plays a game, right? And, like, it can come down Unless to, like, the, the last one. like, seven years or something, but yeah. Yeah. And, like... It, you know, if, if it comes down to, like, one pass, would you rather it be, like, Tyreek Hill catching that or, like, Nicole Hardman, you know? And, like... That's why Andy Reid's not going to trade Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that's why I think it's still, like... You shouldn't really fear as Bring much... As like, he retreats Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you shouldn't really, like, fear um, when so your backup, like, on your fantasy team, you have a guy who's out and his backup is doing well. Because, like... Yeah, it's like coaches are desperate. Um, teams are usually desperate. Like, they're very uh, rarely just, like, very passive. And they're just like, yeah, we can afford to, like, sit guys or not, like, implement them fully. Um, yeah, but, like, Gordon has a totally different skill set than Austin Eckler. I think that's the main thing here. That's like, true. They, they both can yeah, still they're be involved. They, they both can add value. It's fucking Justin Jackson that's going to be shafted yeah, by in, in terms I'm of the most upset about that. Because yeah. he averages fucking eight yards a carry and his coach is like, you know what? I think seven <laughs> is enough for you. Justin Jackson, he's sad of his own, like, Michael Turner. Literally career, averages yeah. 8.4... Whatever. Sorry. Well, he might be like, yeah, Michael Turner. That's... That's, the right, that's his name, right? The guy was on the like oh, third string on the Chargers. And yeah, I, like on the fucking Falcons. Yeah. Falcons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, trade him right the fuck now then. Come on, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, you want to move on to our next... Yeah, so I think the last topic I wanted to talk about for this segment was uh, Jalen Ramsey and kind of what's happening with that situation down there in Jacksonville. I mean, the latest we've heard, he, in like a span of 48 hours, had like a fuck, the fucking flu, some other like physical injury. His wife had a baby. Like He's like, oh, my aunt died. He's just trying whatever he can to not play throwing like this a Sunday. full book at, yeah. <laughs> at the brass of the Jags trying not to go in. Then the initial reports are like, yo, he's tired of uh, – who's his coach? Bradley? No, they're saying he doesn't have a problem with Marone. Marone. But that's the thing. Like, not, not Marone, yeah. but he has a problem with Coughlin. But like, I, if you were like any person under the age of like 45, you would have I think you would Tom have a problem with Tom Coughlin because <laughs> he's like the most hard-ass human being that's ever lived. I would want to know Tom Coughlin's political takes because I think they'd be relative to like 1970s. Yeah, Tom like. Coughlin, I think he hates like – all politics that came after, like, Dwight Eisenhower. He's like, now, now there was a guy who could get it done. Like, Richard Nixon, that guy's a liar. Like, JFK, that guy was an asshole. I think Tom Coughlin's, like, watching Fox News and being like, this liberal fucking network is so, like, hippie and just nah, he, he absolutely does. disgusted by it. It's like the progressive values that they're, that they're like, uh, implementing. Just nah, he's, he's too busy behind. watching tape and, like, popping a blood vessel at a missed block to, like, watch Fox News. Tom fucking Coughlin. But yeah, like, what do you, I mean, Shane, I know you mentioned that potentially um, one of the things was the Chiefs might trade Terry Kill. I said to, that. You said that to the Jaguars for John Ramsey. Then there's also talks like, what do you want for him? Apparently, a team has offered like a first and I think it was a second or a third for him. I think they're asking for two firsts. So a lot of moving pieces here. Um, really hoping something shakes out. I mean, though. two firsts is a little steep, but I, I think he's incredibly valuable. He's like one of. If he were on the Chiefs, I, they would be like Super Bowl. He's blocks. one of four shutdown corners in the league. Like, Ooh, who are the other three? Uh, Xavier Rhodes, um, 
I would put Marshawn Lattimore in there and Patrick Peterson. Those are good. He's the oldest one of the bunch, right? Peterson? Yeah. yeah. The thing about... Oh, the that's not true. Points. I would put the, the Patriots guy as, like, above all of them. Gilmore, right? Yeah. Apparently, oh, Gilmore? Apparently, he's, like, not a real person. <laughs> <laughs> like, that means, their, like, defense is, like, it just doesn't make any sense. But he, he I don't know, I, I can't, I can't, like, I can't go along with that because he got burnt so many times when he was in Buffalo. He just got cut up, like, so many times by these random receivers. It's and something about their system. Is it, it's just, um, I don't know too much about, like, quarterbacks, but it's like the uh, zone versus man thing where, like, these guys all just want to play man-to-man and follow the top receiver, right? And I guess... That's what he does. I'm assuming, like, he didn't do that in Buffalo versus, like... No, Belichick, definitely not. For the most part, like, puts him in that position. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, Namdi Asimov when he... Well, no, they, like, the they know what they're doing. The like, they paid Darrell Rivas a bunch of money, and they got a good value out of him, and they're going to do the same thing with this guy. But then someone like Chandler Jones, who's like, okay, defensive end, whatever, outside linebacker, that everyone is like, they're going to get a lot of money. The Patriots are like, no, we're not going to pay you. It's like, very interesting to see like how they end up like spending their money and on who. But, sorry, yeah, going back to Ramsey, or just cornerbacks do change the entire makeup of a team Absolutely. and can have like an insane impact on them. So... Do you guys think right now if a team was like, we'll trade you Ezekiel Elliott, would they get two first-round picks for him? Would you get a first-round pick for Ezekiel Elliott? Yes. Yeah, I yes. think so. Damn. You wouldn't just sign, like, Justin Jackson and let him get <laughs> 80% of Ezekiel Elliott and keep your fucking first-round pick. But no. You just want Justin no, Jackson I mean, that's to like, score points yeah. for <laughs> fantasy points. If, if, like, David Gettleman didn't already have Barkley, that's, like, something I would see him do. Trade like two firsts for a, like the best running back. Ever. Well, if Ezekiel Elliott's asking price was a first round pick, but then Melvin Gordon's like is apparently a market value is a fifth round pick. I don't think Elliott and Melvin are five round apart running backs because <laughs> that means Melvin and like the next tiers like. <laughs> I don't think it was actually ever a fifth round pick though. Uh, okay, that, that's just what That's what someone offered, and they yeah. were like, "Fuck no." But that's what determines the market, right? What people are offering. Would you think someone would do? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't for, think people value running sure. backs that high. For, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but it was also the Philadelphia Eagles. They yeah, absolutely they're pretty do not need a running yeah, back. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, those are just some of the things I wanted to discuss. Um, obviously, there's a lot of other things that happen. Like I think this year there's about seven new head coaches in the league, and like interesting tidbit about that: Matt Lafleur, three and zero. The other six coaches, two eighteen and one. Damn. So a lot of work to do there, um, but I'm sure they'll be able to figure that out. Just a quick note on Freddie Kitchens. Um, if you you've seen him on the sidelines, right? Fuck Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> Fuck Freddie Kitchens because, okay, Freddie Kitchens is the fucking dude, right? He's like your little brother when you're like playing a video game or you're like playing some like fantasy epic and you had to like leave and someone else leaves it's like left on for you. So you've already like given yourself like a 30, 40 point lead. You come on, you play that video game, you win, you're like, oh shit, I'm a hot shit. You start the video game up again and the computer beats your ass. That's Freddie Kitchens taking over the Browns in 2018 (laughs) and then trying to be a head fucking coach and realizing this shit is not what it's cut out to be. (laughs) He got put in a spot where obviously Baker Mayfield was like rising. Everyone fucking hated the prior head coach. He fucking backwardly fell in from being a runnings back coach to an interim head coach to a head coach to being signed as a head coach, it makes no fucking sense. The Browns are trash. Baker Mayfield looks disgusting. Fault. I don't know why you keep starting him every week. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens belongs in the kitchen. 
not out there on that playing field. That's all I want to say about I don't that. have any actual football things to say about Kitchens, but I was just saying, like, <laughs> appearance-wise, if you look at him, he's, like, the only person in the NFL who just looks so far away removed from the game. Like, the most, like, a plumber-looking person I've ever seen in the NFL. <laughs> like, like, even compared to the rest of, like, the pudgy head coaches, you're like, oh, yeah, like, maybe, like, 30 years ago he played quarterback for his high school team. Like, this dude looks so far away removed from that. But then I looked it up. Would you be surprised to know that he started four years for Alabama in the 90s? No. Based on, like, what he looks like now. That shit's insane. I wouldn't let him get 10 feet of a football, but good for him. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I got on him. I I will say about, not about Kitchens, but about these. They gave him Odell Beckham Jr. (laughs) and he turned him into fucking. Sorry, go ahead. Jameson (laughs) (laughs) Crowley. Here is Nicholas Chubb. Possibly one of a, like a top five running back in the NFL. Here's Odell Beckham, definitely a top two wide receiver. Here's an up and coming quarterback who's amazing and a fucking defensive line that will destroy someone. Oh shit, the fucking Browns. What are they like one and two? Oh and three? Fuck. One and two. Yeah, and also one of the best like like secondary like slot receivers and Jarvis Landry too. Um, but I, I just want to I want to shout out Zach Taylor, the head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they're zero and three. You're doing great, sweetie. Even though they're 0-3, uh, they're really, like, two plays away from being 2-1 and one, and people hyping this guy up as, like, the next offensive genius. I think if you look at what he's working with, he totally revamped that offense. Um, he's obviously, he's coming out of the Sean McVay camp. Um, and I, I think... Shane, oh, Shane, wait, wait, Shane. But Ilya and John said, what is Zach Taylor proving? No, wait, I, you guys keep talking about I have to find something. <laughs> but did you guys know that the, the Redskins had at the same time... Um, Kyle Shanahan, Zach Taylor, and Sean uh, McVay. When Sean McVay on the same staff in like 2010. <laughs> 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 yeah, under like Shanahan, like his staff. Yeah. staff. That's, that's but no, I just want to, you can continue, but I was going to say, like, we had this whole like argument where I was like, yo, Zach Taylor's like a good offensive play caller, and everyone was like, oh, why? Because I was like, oh, like he got to, he was under, like, with Sean McVay, he like worked with golf, he like was a part of that. He could potentially do like similar things like Andy Dalton, and I was subsequently like shat on and like, his yeah. pass was brought up, but I think that's what we got to give these new play callers like Kingsbury, like Shanahan back in the day, like Zach Taylor a chance. Yeah, this I think the uh, the blowback for like oh everyone that like has smelled Sean McVay's hair like yeah, is now wearing a job <laughs> interview. You know, like I feel like that went to, um, the pendulum on that went too far the other way because like that's, everyone reacted. I mean, backwards. the NFL has literally always worked that way. Like, you have a successful coach gets gets stuff done. Like, you always poach his coordinators, his, uh, you know, if he's an offensive guy, his, like, position player, coaches, whatever. Um, like, that, that that part is not new at all. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just because there might be some kind of, like, boomer resentment where everyone is just, like, super young and millennial-looking, like, in terms of the coaches. Um, but there's just... I, yeah, I for Cliff, like, Cliff Kingsbury, people were literally, like... Oh, it's because he coached in college and wasn't good. I mean, Doug Peterson coached That's the, the high most boomer right? fucking shit. If you ever tell me an argument someone was bad with their win-loss record before, and especially if it's college, I'm not going to take your opinion seriously. Ilya. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I basically cover it. Um, let's, let's revisit this in three years when, like, the Bengals are one of the best offenses in the league. I'm just going to leave it at that. And the 49ers. And the 49ers. I'm, I've always been on the Kyle Shanahan boat, like even more than Sean McVay. Fuck Kyle Shanahan. That's all I have to say. There's like a splinter, like 
anti Kyle Shanahan celebrating. I, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep preaching the gospel to the good people of check of uh, of, swing, no, I mean, of swing passes and outruns. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's a he's a good offensive mind. Like I'm just messing around. Like I know like. Last year, half his team was injured. But, like, in terms of fantasy football, fuck Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah, Jeff absolutely. Wilson, like, four carries and, like, four touchdowns. Yo, he's four for four. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Those are some of our thoughts. As always, fuck Freddy Kitchens. All right. Welcome back, guys. Khan here, joined by Hove and Shane. You guys still here? Still here. Still here. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So... <clears throat> Time for the interview of the week with our guests. Thought we'd just, you know, start off getting Shane's general thoughts about the league, how, how things are going, um, how your teams went. Just just let it all out. So, yeah, um, I, I think in, in general it's it's going by really fast for me, from my perspective. I can't believe it's already week four. I know. I, I literally thought Yeah, it went pretty quickly. Because yeah. it's, it's kind of exciting. There were so many storylines coming into the season, especially in fantasy. Um, a lot of question marks with different teams and – Teams kind of flipping from last year. Yeah. Um, but I, as far as like my team, obviously I had probably the highest risk, high reward kind of draft of, yeah. of anyone. Um, a few of them are paying off. Like Melvin Gordon is going to come back. I think that was a good pick. I think he's going to be like a, an RB1 um, for as long as he plays. Right. Um, and then obviously my Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown pick <laughs> did not pay did off. Not pan out at all. <laughs> you, did you get him in the first round? The second round. Second round. Okay. Um, so I, I got Levy on first, which I, I'm still confident in. Um, Just to um, what was like the timeline at the time of the draft for Antonio Brown? He was like there was it was before like no he was chilling no yeah, it was yeah, before yeah. like it was like it was like helmet okay. stuff yeah Just yeah. wanted to make sure it was just him missing practice basically. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I mean. Like I said, I'm probably going to one four, so I don't know, I don't know how good my chances are for the season. Um, I'm not going to tank though. I'm still going to do my best. Maybe trying to make it into like the sixth spot or whatever. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like one team is already not even thinking about it. Uh, well, two actually, if you include Steve. Um, so it means you basically have to do better than um, what is it? four or five other teams that are kind of in the same range as you. Yeah, I mean, you don't, wanna, you don't want to end up play, buying the bar tap for all of us yeah, as yeah, a yeah. loser. <laughs> like, I have to play John twice because um, he was my week one matchup. Right, so yeah. It's like, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think, uh, just to touch on one other league trend, um, obviously we moved to the FAB system last year, and we're on kind of like a five-year keeper cycle if you get uh, an undrafted player as a keeper. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting over the next two years, like going into 2021, um, when things start to even out. Because um, yeah, as you see now, like John and Jim have by far the best teams. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. it, it's not just because of the keepers that they had, but that's like a huge component yeah. of it. But it's also, I think it's like a chicken or the egg thing, because they also are good at finding those keepers yeah, to begin with. Like they sure. consistently churn. Their, like I'm always looking at their... Um, their moves that they make, I'm like, damn, that's a good move. I shouldn't have done that. Or, like, I wasn't even thinking of this guy, but, like, I remember reading how he was going to blow up. And yeah. Like, they're always the first ones to, like, jump on them, you know? Um, oh, I don't think that at all. No? But I was going to say that 
No, they might. No, I, I haven't really, really like, I haven't really looked at it. Really it's it's just going to equal out. Like you're yeah. not going to have three like top ten keepers anymore. Because I think it goes back to the. Sorry, go ahead. Because you're not going to be able to. You don't have. You're not going to have enough bad budget to. to get well, yeah, it goes people. back to the information's there available for everyone, and regardless of how like much research you do, there's like I've I can see like just based on like our bench spots and with an IR spot like who's available like on the league like no matter like where you are relative to the league. And if you're not getting super lucky like week one, the chance of you like actively like getting that, it evens out just based on if Mishi just has like $70 in fab and uh-huh. he's like, I'm just going to drop 35 in week seven. Like no matter – like if you're Jim and you only have like eight fab or like John, like you're not going to get him. And yeah. I think like that's where it, the margins start to kind of even out a bit. And yeah. like I'm not throwing them under the bus because like Jim drafted Alvin Kamara. You know what I mean? Like I, I give them props. Like John drafted Nick Chubb before he was even a, a thing. Yeah. Um, so it's not to throw them under the bus, but just like systematically, the thing, the, the keeper levels are going to even out over the next couple of years. Yeah, they really need to because this shit's getting real tiring yeah. real fast. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Like, I don't think I would have had Juju. I didn't get Juju off of the waiver wire, I don't think. No, I would have. Yeah, you did. Oh, because it was the first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I probably wouldn't have got him in the current setup, but maybe I got lucky as well. Fuck it. Um... All right, so any other thoughts about the league, or is that really it? I, I, that is an interesting topic, so that'll be something to kind of keep in mind. As Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, yeah, see how the future kind of pans so, out. So I think the next segment is hot take of the week, and we wanted to see if you had anything uh, that you wanted to kind of let out, air out to the rest of the league. I have a couple of things. Some, some are probably not as hot as other ones. Um, <laughs> That's okay. I'll start off with some low-hanging fruit. Uh, I, I think I think Lamar Jackson is real, and I think uh, Mahomes versus Jackson is the new Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady, and I mm. think I think they're going to be meeting in the playoffs for the next decade. Which one is the one with the six Super Bowls? Lamar. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> really? Patrick Mahomes is Peyton Manning. Well, they're in the same conference, so they can't meet in the. Well, I guess they were Peyton. And well, yeah, like like AFC Championship game. That's like the real Super Bowl. It's just I think. Sorry, going off that, like, he's worse than Mahomes, which is no disrespect. But I think the worse you are with someone, you get surrounded by better people to, like, prop you up. It's like the LeBron James, Kobe Bryant thing, and I think it kind of applies here. Yeah, the Ravens are always going to have a better, like, defense than the Chiefs are. It's just the same thing with, with Tom Brady know. and the Patriots. They're also really smart. Apparently, they're, like, one of the smartest well, franchises. I don't know if you can say anything about the Ravens going forward, because a lot of it was Ozzie Newsom, right? And he stepped, stepped down already. So no, but they, they attached this new guy to him, and they were saying, like, so the guy, they had a guy they signed to, like, a $10 million deal who then signed with another team for, like, $40 million. He sucked, underperformed, came who, back. You, you know, it's like, he's, like a middle, he's like their best linebacker or defensive end. He's one of the two. He has, like, a funny name. Uh, I can look it up. And he went to another team, and he was getting, like, no actual money. And then the Ravens picked him up this year for, I want to say if it's, like, either a million dollars or, like, Within like a four million dollar range, they pick this guy up, and he's oh, uh, Pernell McPhee, so right. their um, linebacker, and he's like automatically like just crushing in their defense, and it's like they keep making these moves, and they just always stay competitive, like no matter what. Anyway, Mahomes versus Jackson, Brady versus Manning. Um, does that mean uh, record setting, like career? Yeah, like this is the matchup that we're going to be looking forward to every playoffs in the NFL for the next decade. 
Yeah, that's true. But then I also just remember Pat. I'm also assuming Tom Brady actually like yeah, I think, exits the league. I think Brady Mahomes is the next Brady <laughs> Manning, to be quite honest. Yeah. I will say like someone has made that joke like 65 times on NFL pods this week, so I apologize for repeating it. Yeah. Um, not to get too much into Tom Brady, but like I, I think I, I don't know if I said this on the podcast. No, I didn't say it, but we were talking about it like the Chiefs last year um, – in the playoffs, I feel like they were more uh, balanced than they are this year, right? In terms of like offense, defense, um, like Pat Mahomes was already Pat Mahomes. They still lost to the Patriots, so like it really is a matter of Tom Brady just retiring and getting the fuck out of the way. Because I don't, I don't think that's true this year. I think Pat Mahomes goes like flamethrower. I saw him put three touchdowns up on like one team and then like fuck with the Ravens, even though it was like close game at the end, like. I think there's a world where, like, that isn't even, like, a possibility because Mahomes just goes, like, ape shit. I, um, I, had a, I was thinking of something today. If Andy Reid wins a Super Bowl, do you think there are people going, uh, just, like, running to Broad Street like they did when we won the Super Bowl? Like, I'd be really just, happy. Just, like, chanting I'd go name? party. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I'd go chant, but... I, I, I don't know. That's a good question, actually. Because, like, I would. I would definitely, like... I would, I would like the media to just, like, notice that, like, Philly is happy for Andy Reid. Just because I feel like I don't know, we owe it to. I think they would. Like I think people Doug get Peterson and just social like, media gets people pretty famous pretty quickly. Yeah. So I think you pretty much would. I think. I mean, I honestly do think that Super Bowl is coming for Andy. Like, he's he's not like as old as Belichick, right? He can still be around for another half decade, which I'm assuming like Pat Mahomes is. Oh, Tom Coughlin is like a fossil. He's fucking still around. Yeah. So anyway, that was just like a straight thought. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, was that the only hot take you had, or did you have another one? I have other ones, they're not as interesting, though. Okay. We can skip All that. right, we'll tank that. But you've laid out some pretty good things, like, long-term to, to monitor for the league, for us, for the NFL, should be good stuff. So, for consistency's sake, we want to ask, uh, pivoting back to our fantasy football league, um, last week we asked John who he thought the best one-on-one team was, and then we kind of went around. Um, put our picks in. Um, now there are one, two, three, four, five, six, one and two teams. Um, who do you think is the best one of those? Maybe it's you, maybe it's not. Yeah, it, it's definitely me or Khan. Let me, let me look at Khan's team again real quick. So not me? I'll look at a host team real quick. Your area 51 readers. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Oh, I'm playing you next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about. I'm gonna fill the dead air and go ahead and say that. um, Yeah, I'm gonna go with Khan's team is the best one and two team. I actually do agree in all seriousness. Um, Gotta love Ezekiel Elliott, Juju Smith Schuster. Gotta love Darren Waller, just like a solid team, a reliable bench. Um, It's deep. It's not top heavy. That's the issue. Yeah, I mean. You know, bye weeks are coming up. Like, yeah. you're, I'm gonna have to win. I'm gonna have to beat like average scores, but I'm never gonna beat like Nishi's like crazy point total. That's mm-hmm. the issue. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my team here. Um, it might sound biased, but uh, I, I think objectively speaking, I have the most potential on yeah. my team. Uh, I think Antonio Brown stepping away um, obviously hurt me because I lost him, but it helps Julian Edelman. Oh, yeah. He's going to get way more targets without Antonio Brown in the picture. Yeah. Um, 
Daniel Jones elevates Sterling Shepard instantly to like a decent wide receiver too, in my opinion. Um, and, and I think in the second half of the season, I'm going to have the, by far the best running back core in the entire league. In the entire league? Yes. And, and the reason for that is because Devin Singletary is going to be a, a top 12 running back in the second half. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this Frank Gore kid. That was one of my other hot takes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's fucking chugging along just well. Yeah. I, um, I think there's going to become a point where they just have to give him the ball. Frank Gore or Singletary? De- Devin Singletary. Yeah. Uh, especially as they get <clears throat> closer to the playoffs and like they really have to win games and they're going to be playing from behind. And like, Frank Gore's got him the three and oh, already. Oh, oh, oh. Can't get any <laughs> better than that. You want to talk about Justin Jackson? Devin Singletary is averaging twelve point seven yards per rush. <laughs> he's yeah. literally every time he touches the ball, he's making an explosive play. Yeah, he looks really good. It's just, I mean, this injury um, that popped up. Hopefully, he comes back soon. I mean, I, 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 I see what you, I see what you're saying. Like, I like Marlon Mack a lot. He's like, like this season for running backs has been like a total clusterfuck, in my opinion. Like Marlon Mack is one of the few guys who um, has gone above his um, ADP um, relative to like guys around his range, like James Conner, kind of like success this year, like people around that range, kind of like not been living up to, but he's just been chugging along. Yeah, he has like guaranteed volume, which is always good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I forgot you had Le'Veon Bell, who, um, uh, yeah, I mean. And then, yeah, and then obviously my statement was predicated, like, I think Melvin Gordon's going to be yeah. very good in the second half of the season. Yeah, so I think you're not going to beat uh, John this week, but I think you have, like, a better chance than I originally thought of beating Jimmy in week five. Um, I don't know how the bias play out, but just, like, preliminary looking at it, I think it's – we can talk about it, you know, next week, but it looks pretty good so far. Um and on that note, speaking of projections, I think we should just like hop into that, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and this is a, we're going to be like fast and loose with it. Uh, you're just going to hear a stream of consciousness. Exactly. <laughs> um, is there any particular, well, Shane, you're our guest, so we can, um, we can look at your matchup first with John. Um, I already said I, I, based on the, uh, what's the phrase, the tour de force, that John had last week. <laughs> it's like French. Um, based on that, like I, I don't see him uh, slowing it down. But I also said the same thing about Jimmy last week and projected him to be John. So, um, just goes to show that you never know. Um, Maybe I mean I like look at their teams like matchups like head to head, and other than like Travis Kelsey, I don't necessarily see any one of John's players one hundred and ten percent like or like hundred percent like outperforming like. Any of Shane's? Maybe well, like Cooper? But yeah, I mean, let's... Focusing on matchups, um, Metcalf versus Arizona, um, I think has a good chance of going off. Arizona's secondary has been pretty awful. The awkward. worst defense yeah. in the league. They're like Kyle Allen for yeah. like four touchdowns. Um, I don't know. Chris Thompson, I think he's turning into... Um, I'm just like jumping around here, but like Chris Thompson has been... Um, becoming like who we thought it would be like a PPR threat um, as the season goes on. And um, yeah, I mean, the deal breaker here is Kelsey versus Hawkinson, honestly. Um, yeah. And also just like the difference in having Amari Cooper 
and Sterling. Yeah, Shepard. Sterling Shepard. That's like the second one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, Amari Cooper has this little questionable tab. He received an MRI today. Reportedly just precautionary, but um, I don't know. What is John's photo of? It's Nick Chubb. Is that this one? It's like, it, it's a photo of Nick Chubb just like photoshopped or something. I, I don't know where Seems he got kind that of, from. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, do we do we have any other thoughts about this matchup? <laughs> um, no. I mean, I like... <laughs> don't worry. We can remo- just, remove the sirens. Yeah, we'll, we'll filter it out. Um, no, I like giving the space to our guests to talk about their matchup a little bit more if they have any thoughts about it. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously I don't have aspirations of winning this matchup. Um, yeah. I'm very realistic about like the potential of my team, and this week it's not super good, uh, particularly without Le'Veon Bell to have mm-hmm. that monster game that might be able to save me in some fringe scenario. Oh, yeah, well, um, if he, he might nickel and dive his way to victory, um, just have like... 10 catches of 5 yards each and then like 20 carries of 3 yards each. <laughs> yeah. Did you draft Singletary? Yeah. yeah. Fifth round. <sighs> that's a good pick. That's that's how you gotta be in this league is just like throw darts. And, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right, but like I think everyone's like doing that going back to like the original thing. Well, it's, if no, you hit I think, those. I think it's evolved because like a couple of years ago we would just pick like some plotting dude who's like the uh, already in like his ninth year like Frank Gore basically. Yeah. Still, like, um, but now we're just like looking ahead to like, okay, who was like a running back drafted in the fourth round to like be reporters in Highland or whatever. Anyway, um, so moving on to another matchup that's very interesting to the people in the room. That's me versus Kant. One twenty six to one thirty three. Kant's favorite to win, but Go. of course I don't buy that shit. Um, I'm taking a W. Oh, I'm definitely gonna win this matchup. No, come on. I mean, what, Frank Gore in the flex? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yo, Frank Gore in the fucking flex got me 17 points last week and 16 points the week before. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily starting him. So I realized last week I fucked up and I just didn't start uh, David Montgomery because I just thought he was uh, not on my team for a second. <laughs> I guess it – I mean, it didn't work out for me because I lost anyways, but – that's why the bench is good. I'm not that worried because I can uh, hey. mix and match. Let's, let's go down the list. I think this warrants. Uh, yeah, point. definitely. All right. Do you Phillip start with Rivers, the quarterbacks? Yeah. Phillip Rivers versus Miami. Oh, guaranteed yeah. You 30 got that. You got that. Versus Josh Allen. Maybe lucky you get half that versus New England. Yeah. I'm starting Jameis Winston, but um, you can. Uh, oh, that's, I, that's another thing I wanted to mention. If you, if <laughs> I've swung can't... on Jameis Winston like. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. Not even that. I wanted to mention to everyone. Anyone listening, um, it would help us if you, like, I guess you don't have to, but it would help us to, like, set your lineup as soon as possible so we can be, like, <laughs> doing these projections with oh, the most accurate Oh, my fucking God. All possible. right, I'll do that shit right now. The host of the podcast didn't even set his yeah, lineup. <laughs> but that's, I set my lineup as late as possible because I don't want to give away, like, my lineup. What do you mean? It's you a strategy. I'm not, like, planning for Give it away. I'm not, like, a I don't want to influence, I don't want to influence, like, what if I start a quarterback that you have as wide receiver? I, that's not how like I don't think that's how anyone who wins oh I mean I definitely players. pick just, up and like don't play certain players if like they have other players uh, playing against me no you did that if you're like trying to trade someone you put them in your starting lineup to make them seem better than they are but like you're not really <clears throat> making your opponent think anything like I know I'm just no lazy alright I'll fix this anyway, fucking lineup right now I will take Rivers over uh, Jameis 
Oh, at the Rams, yeah, he's going to get he's gonna pancaked. He's going to get sacked yeah. nine times. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but have to throw for 450 yards to lose by 20 points. No. <laughs> um, wide receivers, Adam Field and Julio Jones versus Juju and Larry Fitzgerald. Um, it, it's honestly closer, I think, just because Fitzgerald has been pretty good and he gets in an offense that's like runs 73 plays a game. But um, I don't see – I mean – yeah, I'll be generous and call this a, a wash for the time being. Um, running backs, you have the edge for sure. Fuck. Um, actually, I don't know if I'm going to keep Adrian Peterson in here just because – Well, he's, he play, he's playing the Giants. That's the only thing he has going for him. Um, they're kind of – they're like by far the worst run defense in the league, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's no Elliott and Carson, that's for sure. Now, this is interesting. Will Disley versus Darren Waller. I spent $27 on this motherfucker. $27? <laughs> Holy shit, that's almost as much as the wing all the time. Yeah, I think I, I put it, I put this in um, like 2 a.m. or something like that. I was like... Damn, you must have been fucked up if you put that much money on Will yeah, Disley. I, was like, I, needed I got him for like six <laughs> bucks in my other league. <laughs> but no, he's, they trade away their other tight end just because they believe in this dude so much. Um, Wait, no, but then they signed, Luke, they signed Luke Wilson. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, well, yeah, he, he's, he, a free he's a, block, he's he's a blocking tight end. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I think this guy's gonna be like my keeper tight end for like. Well, this is a legit player, um, but the bigger thing to keep in mind is that Arizona has the worst defense that, oh, yeah, I, yeah. that I've yes, ever seen. Yes, exactly. I guess tight ends especially. Yes, they they've, they've gotten annihilated by every single tight end that they played. They've had ten receptions. Like T.J. Hawkinson was week one, he had eleven. He annihilated catches. them. Evan yeah. Ingram annihilated. Mark them. Andrews. Greg Olson. Greg Olson annihilated them. Evan Ingram. Right yeah, exactly. Well, Ten catches, only got a yeah. yards, <laughs> two <laughs> touchdowns, living. Regress back to the mean, as usual, of course. And then the flex, Demarcus Robinson, and a dynamic Chiefs offense versus 57-year-old Frank Gore. Um, I'm starting Marquise Valdez. Who's going to get game <laughs> the game script going completely against them? If you just hit Control-R on your, uh, on your laptop device, you will see that there is a much younger... Um, Spry gentleman instead right. of Frank Gore for this upcoming matchup. Well, Marquez against the Eagles secondary is better for sure. But no, I mean... It's not really the start. Like, my team is better because I can't start fucking David Moore, DJ Moore. Um, I can't start Montgomery, yeah, uh, Marvin Jones. That's the real issue here. It's really identifying these, these matchups. No, but in all seriousness, my brain says you, but my heart says me. I think I have, like enough to like pull an upset here like I don't think it, it's beyond yeah you definitely pull an upset I think this might be the closest scoring game of the week right here I think it depends on like honestly, yeah there's not like, yeah it's not like Rashawn McCoy was injured Darren Williams might be out if Daryl Williams or Damian Williams might be out again and McCoy might be out again so if Daryl Williams gets a starting job then I think that might be a difference maker in the making um, alright I'm sick of this fucking matchup yeah Fuck. moving on uh, let's go to Jimmy versus Ant. Um, oh dear God, <laughs> he has a bigger win to, uh, percentage thing than John. Yeah, he's projected Shane. to win by. Oh, I guess Shane's a much better team. That's like that. yo. <laughs> Shane's one and two, and he has a better chance of winning against John than Ant who's three and zero. Oh yeah, this, like, it's, it's, I mean, winning like, against Jim who's two and one. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's about high time that Ant goes three one. I mean, if he goes four zero, then 
It's just like meant to be, I guess. Like, I will, I'll stop <laughs> yeah, you can't stop. <laughs> you can't stop destiny at that <laughs> but, point. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll move all my stock to his team. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, like his running backs are Miles Sanders and Rashard Penny. Like I, like pivoting to like real football talk. Like I understand Miles Sanders is talented and like the team likes him and stuff. But that doesn't mean that he should be the starter. That boy don't hold on to the ball. Nope. Nope. He has a lot of, like, Miles Sanders, uh, Ronald Jones, Matt Breida, and Wayne Gallner, all very talented running backs. So I think, I think but they're not gonna, good fantasy players. Like, well, he's going to move Gallman and Jones in this tournament. And you're drafting a fantasy football team, not a football team? So, yeah, um, <laughs> damn, Jared Cook has gone down to four points projections. <laughs> damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is, uh, I don't see how this isn't, like, an easy win for Jimmy. Uh, although, I mean, shit, um, maybe Hopkins, Beckham, and Lockett. Like, I just love how Jimmy was just like talking last week he, how he thinks Kenny Galladay is like a wide receiver one, which, or like not even wide receiver one, like I think he said better than Calvin Johnson. And he put up 3.7 points <laughs> as soon as he said that. It's the vaunted Eagles secondary. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm starting Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take DK Metcalf over Kenny Galladay. Yeah, and in in fantasy or real life, for the next five years. Damn. Let's get it. Should have should have said that in the hot take section. <laughs> that would have been a good hot take. <clears throat> um. Anyway, I mean, the receivers are a wash. The quarterbacks, I guess, let's be, we can call that a wash too. But the running back difference here is like so huge. <laughs> I want to applaud Jim uh, on his uh, Dalvin Cook pickup. Yeah. In that draft, he's definitely been the MVP of the league. So yeah, far. this is why like. I'm like a career 500 fantasy football player and Jimmy's like 65% because like I would refuse to draft Dalvin Cook just because like of personal issues because like <laughs> he's burnt me too many times whereas Jimmy just like analytically approaches the situation as like this is the guy who's like in an offense that like clearly wants to get him the ball and like is set up to do it. Well the, the crazy thing is Jimmy had the, the best three keepers like three top players yeah. and he now has the two highest scoring players in the league like non-quarterbacks and they're both players that he drafted he drafted Keenan Allen and Dalvin Cook are the two highest scoring players in our league Keenan Allen has like 400 (laughs) passing yards (laughs) he has like 40 receptions (laughs) he like he his air yards thing is like not real it's like the wackest lead (laughs) Jesus Christ this is like even harder with like bye weeks coming up like projecting I'm just looking at the next one Oh, and Jim just has Chark on his bench. Excellent. Yeah, he's putting up a casual like. I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think any of his starting receivers are worse than Chark this week. So yeah, twenty points a week. So, (laughs) Um, just looking at Ilya versus John Paulino, um, a matchup of attrition. If there ever was one. Yeah, the main thing I'm looking at is like Ilya just has no kicker. I think he's Ilya starting like Marquise Brown and like Brandon Cooks um, in the place of. Uh, fuck, I don't know. I, like, it's hard to predict because you have to wait until people set their lineups. But you just have to look at like who has a better team as is. And I think that is John Paulino anyway. Um, Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup, great one-two punch. Andy Dolan's been a good, not great fantasy football quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean, he's the 14th ranked player yeah. in the entire <clears throat> league. <laughs> I, I keep saying it. Like, I like Derrick Henry a lot like he can produce even like he he's doing like this time last year um like the week three game in Jacksonville that he had um 
uh, 17 rushes, 44 yards, and a touchdown, right? In a game that they lost 27. Like, last year, he would be sitting on the bench and it would be, like, Deion Lewis time. But he's basically, like, matchup proof this year. Um, <clears throat> just because he's, like, finally realized that he's, like, six foot three and, like, 250 pounds and can run a 4'3". Um, so, I really like him a lot. I wish I picked him up over Thunder Fournette and, like, well my gut. Um... That's why you're a .500 fantasy football player. That, that's yeah. That's exactly why. Um, shit, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. But also, um, I think Julio has a lot of people on his bench that he would start otherwise. Not Latavius Murray. He ain't one of them. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. What, what can I say about this? It's like fifty-fifty. Listen. Yeah, I'm like, there's like, yeah, obviously you got to put Cook somewhere in there, um, or does he? Yeah, I think he learned. Uh, uh, maybe not. I mean, I, I think Godwin's like actually questionable. Like he might not oh, play. Oh, he's to play. Okay. I mean, I don't know what else he could. Re- I don't know if what he could really do other than pick up a yeah. kicker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if um, if he's just there, like fuck, I gotta pick up a kicker. There's if Damian Williams doesn't. The real question is who's who's Ilya gonna drop for a kicker? He's yeah. gonna drop. Robbie Anderson? What well, Davies Murray? Well, Davies. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, isn't Breeze coming back like week eight, week nine? But he's Latavius Murray. What? He's gonna be like No, nah, I was telling you last week. Points, like, no, I was telling you last week. It's like literally ninety five percent Kamara. He's now. gonna get five it's not, touches. <laughs> like it's, there's no Mark Ingram anymore. Alvin Kamara's done like yeah. this is my ship yeah, now. Exactly. Like routine to <laughs> Latavius Murray. Oh yeah. no. No. Um Did yeah, he spend money on Kenyon Drake? <laughs> well, just only maybe. No, I think he just picked him up. I was thinking of picking him up like, in case he got traded or something. No, if, if he picked him up, that's that's cool. But. All right, anyway, um, yeah, his run back situation is pretty garbage. Atrocious. Especially if Damian Williams doesn't play, which leads me to believe that John is going to make um, make it to 2-2 two and, two and make it one one away from a free meal from John Elman. Uh, don't think I forgot about that because I haven't. Uh, moving on. By the way, this is why I don't believe in, like, giving people – not credit, but being like, oh, you have – good job. You did, like, a good first, second-round pick because you pick Saquon Barkley and now he's, like, hurt for, like, six weeks. Yeah. It's like, oh, that fucking sucks. But then you have to go pick up, like, Gallman, for instance. You have to, like, make sure that like, you yeah. pick him up versus, like, getting Kenyon Drake. But I'm saying, like, the Dalvin, <laughs> like, the Dalvin <laughs> Cook-Saquon Barkley thing could be entirely flipped. And it would be like oh, well, complete yeah. 50-50 I mean, chance. Because we then we'd be saying the opposite things about we were shitting on Mishi Jim and like, Ilya. Uh, for uh, passing on Barkley to get McCaffrey, yeah. right? But then, like, but then yeah, the exact opposite. Like, um, all right. But I mean, it's not going to stop us from like having this shitty podcast and doing hot takes. Takes never stop. Um, uh, just looking at Jeff versus Steve. Mahomes is projected 36.7 points. Yeah, versus, like, I don't... I don't even know. Like, I wish I could say, like, oh, he's going to bench him for, like, Dak Prescott, but I don't even know anymore. Like, I'm talking about Baker Mayfield, of course. Play, um, playing in Baltimore? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, it's 72% favorite going to Jeff. Um, he gets one more good week out of Austin Eckler. His running back situation is, like, low-key good. Like, he's moved Gurley to the flex, um, which... Like, like Gurley kind of is not good this year, but he's good enough to be, like, your flex. I, like, I love how, like, you just move him to flex, and it gives you a totally new perspective on, like, that player, yeah, as yeah. opposed to him being your starting, starting running back. back. It's like, oh, so shit. You feel so it's much better about, like, Todd Gurley and your flex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but, um, 
I mean, after Gordon comes back, we'll have to talk about that Gordon, but again. Like, Yo, can we fucking talk about Jeff being able to pick up Curtis Samuel? Because someone in our league dropped him yeah, because they had a waiver mishap. Mishi, that's why that, – that's like the difference between like winning teams and losing teams right there. Just like giving up on – wait, was it a waiver mishap or you just get frustrated that he didn't do anything? Like, I like, think he was saying he put too many things in a row and one of them was – like not supposed to go through as it did, and anyway, it ended up that's Curtis thing. Samuel being the casualty. That's another thing that separates good teams versus bad teams is basic comprehension. <laughs> yeah, Jeff <laughs> added him for twenty five bucks. <laughs> I mean, maybe worth it. Um, yeah. Oh, so he picked up Terry McLaurin for three bucks. But if you picked up someone for three bucks, why drop Curtis Samuel? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's let's go back to. Sorry, sorry. I mean, there's there's not much to say just because I think um, Jeff's going to run away with it. Um, yeah, better better running back yeah. for sure. Um, although, I mean, <laughs> Steve has uh, Fultz has David Johnson in the flex. Oh, other perspective. That's a good flex. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the difference is Pat Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield here, honestly, and um, Evan Ingram versus OJ Howard, who was under the. The uh, Arians. Of Bruce Arians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I heard> <laughs> um, is this our last? Did we get to everyone? No, I think. Did we discuss Mishi and Brian? I don't yeah, Mishi so. and Brian is our last one, though, right? Yeah, we can breeze through this if we need to. Um, yeah, um, I think Brian has disqualified himself from. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, I mean, what remains here is still like. I, w- I don't want to say good, but like. Mishi's. Like one starting wide receiver away from being like a really good team. Yeah, yeah he has a solid team. Yeah, yeah. Mishi only didn't drop the starting wide receiver very recently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to pick up a different starting, starting wide receiver. <laughs> no, I mean more importantly, it's like he's going up against like Dawson Knox and Tariq Cohen, who just hasn't been good at all. They're going to combine. Tariq Cohen's fucking periscoping. Just as he said that. Jake Law or like Kyle Law was like naked body in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> did you see his apologies like I texted coach I texted coach before the social media could even see that I did that I was like what a wild text to be sending your coach <laughs> um, Calvin Ridley is questionable for Brian um, can we talk about how disappointing Robert Woods has been yeah yeah there Woods and Cooks are like 3730 like well, I was, I was right because I thought like Cooks would be the the RB one man out but um I guess it's been Woods because, or I guess it's been like them. It, it's just Cooper Cup, right? like, take like hogging all the targets. Yeah, Cooper Cup is great. Just because he sits in the quarterback's room, whereas, <laughs> whereas the other two are out partying, hip hop style, hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, watch McCole Hardman score like forty points this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gonna happen. I mean, yeah, if you have a chief in your lineup. Like, you just, you feel good, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I tried to Robinson by one of these. I was like, yep, I just, I feel it. Yeah. I can you feel just it. get that, like, energy yeah. pulsating throughout you. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, we're giving this to Mishi's favored 71%. I don't see enough here to give it to Brian. Um, and that's our wrap-up. Cool. So we're going to try to make this a uh, reoccurring thing where uh, at the end of any guest interview, we like to uh, end the 
podcast with a jigsaw and yeah, uh, get completely novel idea. Get yeah, Never that has not before. been done before. Completely original, uh, organic. Just thought of it. Um, so we're gonna start with Shane and just and, and see what he says about this. So Shane, would you rather that every time you approach any bridge, no matter what? <laughs> Without and you don't know this pre like it's like a goldfish thing. So this just happens as soon as you approach the bridge. No, it used to be in the more like you. Okay, okay. Ask the question like. (laughs) Would you rather? I I like where this is going. (laughs) Every time you approach the bridge, you forgot how to actually cross a bridge and weren't able to walk and had to crawl your way across, or before you cross that bridge, save a person who jumps from the bridge, regardless of the height of the bridge. By saying you would catch that. I have so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? (laughs) The only options are crawling. The only option is crawling across the bridge. (laughs) No other modes of transportation. No. And how am I saving? You have to catch them and they fall. Like they jump off the bridge. I'm like in the water. (laughs) Well, it could be in a boat. In in a boat? Well, that's that's a huge deal. But then like some bridges are like over like a highway pass. And it's just like 20 feet. That's called an overpass, not, not a bridge. It's a br- it bridges two sides <laughs> of the highway to get... A, a bridge goes across a body of water. An overpass goes across a road. You can have bridges over roads. <sighs> what is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that'll do it for the, the first and last jigsaw that we're going to have on this podcast. Thank you guys as always for joining us. <laughs> And uh, look forward to you next week. See y'all. Bye. Peace out.